Well, then, are you ready? Yep, go. All right, let's do this. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. And today's episode, we got a special guest in the building all the way from the South Florida's dubstep scene. One of the up-and-coming locals that's coming up right now from Miami's. Please say hello to the one and only Goon. Let's go. What's Thank you, man. What's going on, man? What's new in the scene, man? What are you here to bring us? Nothing much. Uh, we got a bunch of shit at Treehouse coming up. Um, it's an honor to be playing alongside like Dream Takers, Bonkers, um, 2AR, a couple other people. It's amazing. Um, can't release it yet, but soon it's coming. <laughs> All right. That's dope. That's dope, man. So first things first, man. Introduction. So my name is Wolfson, man. This is like our first time meeting each other prior yeah, to the... 100%. Texting DMs and whatnot. I don't know if you ever heard of me. Have you ever heard of me prior to this? Uh, yeah. So I saw you know your your podcast with Dream Takers, Plasma. Yeah, big and slim. Yeah, killing it, man. Killing it, man. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Are you always been into podcasting, or is just just recently uh, when this I started? Is my first one. So. Oh uh, really? Well to try, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> why not? You know why not? Yeah, let's, for sure. Let's break it out, man. And so this is gonna be your first interview overall. Hundred percent. First interview ever. Boom. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. All right. So first things first, man. So I actually came around here from the for the South Florida Sea for a few years ago. Um, by the time it was two, 2015, I started working with Lucho and Pepe, you know? Yeah, yeah, the homies. The homies, man. Shout out to those guys. And it's because 100%. of them. It's because of then I I have a career basically you know mostly yeah, yeah. Lucho because Lucho was the one that hooked me up to all these festivals and all these shows you know and all I had to do is just do street promo you know you know the, how it is yeah uh, yeah that's how everybody starts that's how everybody starts so you know and since <laughs> then man I've been tackling the whole EDNC mostly on the base area and and the South Florida area because that's basically as far as I come up with you know there's other places that yeah, I yeah, perform yeah. but. Haven't gone that far. Released a couple tracks and made a lot of good friends outside in the industry. Yeah, and that's what it's about. That's what it's all about, man. You know, we're yeah. here to network each other, try to help out each other. Yep. You know, we're trying 100%. to we're trying to build a community here. You know, in a sense, you know, because I don't know how much how often you see this in in your scene during right now in your commas, but back in my commas, there was a lot of competition and a lot of red flags yeah, yeah, yeah. here and there left and right. Like it was crazy. You know, it's not how it was before right now. I see a lot of talented people moving up. Yeah, it's, it's coming together now. Miami is definitely popping off. It's going to be the new base capital of the world. Said it here first, man. You said it here. So which one's the base capital <laughs> right now in your, I think it's Colorado. They killing it, man. Colorado yeah. is murdering. Yeah, yeah, like Red Rocks, they got shows there every weekend. You know, like it's serious over there. Definitely, definitely a scene over there. Well, definitely, like nobody, nothing can compare <laughs> with Red Rocks. I mean, shit. Yeah, that's... True, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, one day, hopefully, I could get over there and you know, um, even live. I would love to live there. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, have you already released any music right now? Or have you been in contact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, I've I've released on Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, this year has mm. been my most for releases. Right now, I think I have four releases out, and I also have like nine songs that are finished. Okay. Just need to master them, and I don't know. We're looking at times like that. I have a couple collabs with Bonkers. Uh, mm. He's the main one that I'm working with right now, though, because we just like sync up perfect. But yeah, a lot of solo original tracks too. I'm not 
too big into remixing songs and shit, but mm. sorry for cursing, but no, the, yeah. go curse, curse away, man. There's, there's no <laughs> judgment here, man. I literally, uh, starting off, like Lucho put me on as well. Mm. Shout out to Lucho, man. He, yeah. he's like, the guy for you know networking huge you you link up with him and then everything else flats off right? absolutely so yeah shout out to that and what actually got you into music in general like what actually started this whole shingding journey that you're into right now so uh out of high school mm. i started djing house parties right right i would bring my whole equipment start djing a bunch of house parties you know cops getting called, shutting it down, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> and then I went to uh, Ultra yeah. and I uh, saw Skrillex close out Ultra. Ooh. Craziest experience Ooh. in my life, you know, like <laughs> changed the game. Were so you there? I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah, I was there. That was Dude, awesome. I, I think we were right there because I was there for that closing <laughs> set with when he brought Diplo to make it Jack Jew yeah, and then Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Yeah. No, I think they brought up like I don't even somebody else. They brought like so Keyshot and some other rappers, you know, they all yeah, sing. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that, that was, was that was a game changer. Yeah, that was <laughs> by far the best yeah. set I've ever had it best closing set I've ever seen from Ultra. My 100%. favorite. I don't know any other yeah. that's ever top Squillets on that on that level of energy, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, in high school, you know, there's always like UK UKF dubstep, mm. you know, Skrillex just popping off. Those were songs that I would listen to, you know, and uh, beep, like BPM on Sirius Radio. It all just, you know, it just it works out for the better. And it's really motivated me to go to where I am today. That's pretty dope. So have you always yeah. been um, a musician when you started making music? So, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like seven years old. Mm. You know, I don't really bring it into my tracks. I probably should. I just haven't tried it yet. You know, I'm trying to really uh, just mess with MIDI chords right now to get it all together. Serum, you know, is a big thing for me. But once I start progressing more, I'll definitely start throwing live guitar. You know, I would love to sing too in the tracks. That takes a lot of balls. Like I know Lizzie Jane be killing it with that. And, you know, huge inspiration to me. Uh, she's killing the game for sure. Yeah. Shout out to her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's very interesting that you say that because you may actually have or may be the second comment of Sullivan King. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's killing the game. Him and uh, Evolution also with the guitar and they bring that live, you know, is amazing. And to play that in front of fans is a whole nother level to me, you know? I agree. But now you right now told me that you you can sing, you can play the guitar. Yeah. So maybe yeah, you got something soon. right now. Maybe you got yeah. something that you haven't even developed yet that you can actually 100%. like spring out out of them man that's why i if i hear people say that they can sing they can they can play the guitars man oh oh man you have no idea how much potential you have you just have to yep. tap it you know and yeah, somehow and that manage that potential into your craft right. right now yep and i i will be doing that soon and that's the beautiful thing of production you know you're always every new song mm -hmm. you know sometimes you have that off, off week but when everything comes together it's 10 times better than the last one. You know, I agree. you're learning new stuff every day. You just got to keep the grind, keep the hustle. And then at the end, it will all pay off. I agree, man. And, and what, what genre of music you always tend to incline the most out of it? You know, when it comes to listening and when it comes to, you know, producing, is there a specific? It really depends how I'm feeling that, that day. But I like to make uh, a lot of, you know, it's either heavy dubstep or melodic. Mm. Those are my really... Yeah, those are my two clashes. So if I could really get those to clash together, 
that's what I'm looking at. You know, yeah. Rhythm's not my thing. I know the rhythm community is huge, huge. And right. I, I give them props right. for doing it, but just that, that repetitiveness is not me. I need to have like a full production of music. Boom. <laughs> now we're talking. Yes. Keep going, man. I have the same okay. feelings with rhythm and I have nothing yeah. against rhythm, but mm -hmm. I always say that rhythm is the techno version of dubstep. hundred percent. You know, <laughs> I, I can't listen to techno. No. I can't even listen to house. And, and it's just not me. Right. You know, I was brought up, you know, listening to like, uh, like grateful dead and, you know, Lincoln park and, Oof. uh, Oof. you know, going in. So like the Lincoln park is the pioneer of EDM. In my opinion, you know, they mm. use so many synths and rock or dubstep, at least in my opinion, they use rock and they use the synth and it's just bass music, but to the ear and the singing is amazing. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but there were on a whole different level. Their latest stuff to come out, not so much, but when they're like originally popping off, definitely. Absolutely. Huge Lincoln Park fan. Oh, yeah. shout out to them, man. Rest in peace to yeah. Chester Bennington, man. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. I, you. Um, yeah, my first album for rock was Linkin Park, Hybrid Freery. Imagine that. Yeah. So that was yeah. like when I was in my sixth grade. That's like oof, mm -hmm. almost yeah, 20, was... some, 20 something years ago, you know? Mm. And, it was, it, it, and that was a, a beautiful, I think, LP. You know? It just killed the classic. game. Classic. Classic, yeah. bro. Like, I remember that. I can tell you that the entire album, I can sing it from beginning to end. With without yeah. listening the album, I could just like right yeah. now start singing about one of the songs, and I just go with it, man. It's and, just and you're like that's why they're so huge is because yeah. a lot of people can do that. You know, it's not just you that it touched your soul. It touched a lot of people's souls. You know, I and agree. that's the beautiful thing about music, and that's what I want to, um, you know, start trying to do is you know touch people, give them chills, stuff like that. That's that's the big thing for me. I agree. One of the things that plasma shout out to him. Uh, we were t discussing mm -hmm. in the in the podcast is making music timeless. You know, yeah, S music is, itself is timeless, and you know 100%. that you can make any timeless music. Like. Let's say that mm -hmm. today you feel like you can make a song, but maybe tomorrow you can make it even better and make it more timeless, you know? And yeah. I couldn't agree more because what are the benefits of making a banger song versus making a timeless classic song, you know? Mm -hmm. I tell you what, one of them is going to last longer than the other. For sure, 100%. And one of them is going to have, you know, you put your heart and soul into that song, you know? Another thing yeah. that I also catch up from Big and Slim, shout out for Chris, when we, I interviewed him, no, was, was the, um, what was it that he said? Is, is like, anybody can make a banger. When you make a banger, all you get is a high five. Bam. Yep. But it's when you make an actual song with actual feelings and soul, that's when you mm. actually really resonate most. That's when you actually feel. That's when you can feel very proud to make such a, a masterpiece and once it's out it's like that's it you know that's it yep. that's you want to tell you want to tell a story with your music yes and and the same thing that goes with um you know dj mm -hmm. i want to tell a story in my set you know mm. shout out to bonkers for saying that he kind of worded that out for me but that's how i try to like make a set every time you want to have a story you want people to feel the ups and downs you know the sads and the happies all together that's that's a masterpiece you know to me you know, it's not the first time I've heard that before, you know? Yeah. Every every other great DJ or mentor that I've ever had, they always tell me the same thing, you know? They always say, like, you know, when you're making a DJ set, man, you're telling a story, man. You got to give yeah. them, like, 
you know, the intro of it, the mm -hmm. plot, the climax, and then yeah. and then end it nicely with the outro, you know? Mm -hmm. you know? And you know that honestly, if you if you listen to Lincoln Park, even their album, you know, intro, there's an outro, it's just it's a real story yeah. coming to life, which is amazing, you know. Shout out to them again. Um, but that's what I really want to do. Like have an intro to my LP or EP outro to that, uh, have, you know, a happy song, a sad song, mm. make them feel all emotions. I agree, man. I agree. It's, it's very interesting because when you actually do tend to, to build a story around your DJ set, even on your music, the people tend to incline it a lot more than just For listening sure. to some other person, just throwing down random yeah, music yeah, yeah. out of it double you know? after double yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i respect the people who do it but the repetitiveness will turn somebody off mm -hmm. some people not but you know you can't win them all i agree so. i agree it's a shame you know that most of the time that's what people are liking the most today right now is like they all, all they want is like yeah yeah i want the doubles and have like four fucking yeah. sons and make a make a mashup shit all it's around insane. it's crazy hey man props to those guys who can actually do it and have the patience yeah, yeah, yeah. and the key and the timing yeah for sure to do timing, all that especially on cdjs you know it's in, it's very hard I, i give him props you know you say v flow i don't know if you've heard about him but he his doubles are the craziest doubles i've ever heard in my life but yeah, yeah, yeah. but then again I, i i don't play like that i mean i'll throw a double but i'll never you'll never see me throwing four songs on at once mm, i can't no, do no, it no. i give them props though so. <laughs> no i Props to all those guys who actually made those yeah, doubles yeah. or those quadruples or whatever they do, you know, the yeah. chopping, which I like to call it mixing, but I'm old school. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When they're doing stuff like that, you know, you're you're just having fun. You know, you're just enjoying mm -hmm. the moment when you're actually yeah. building an actual saying you DJing from beginning to end and to let the world know your story. That's a different yep. thing. That's a yeah, different yeah, yeah, monster. 100%. Like most of these people, though, unfortunately, I, I have to say, like these guys, these cats that do, do um, you know, all those choppings, they're just putting shit randomly, you know. Yep. They're not, they're yeah, not, they're not putting so much effort on the on the sets. They're just, they mm -hmm. just want to be the loudest. Yeah, for sure, I in, agree with you. In any show, you know, and yep. as a DJ that I've opened up artists, I've closed artists, I've opened up actually the actual venues being the starting ones. You kind of have to be like, gotta read the crowd, you know? You can't you just go ahead. Crowd. You can't just go ahead and go go yep. zero to one real quick on the crowd because Facts. you're killing the energy, yep. you know? Yeah, that's why multi-genre is huge. I mean, like I said, you'll never see me play house, but there is different types of dubstep that will break that mood, you know? Mm -hmm. You literally can't just go zero to a hundred. It just doesn't work out. And, you know, for all the new people listening to this, like, make sure you have your sing-alongs. Make sure you have your vibes, please. Yeah. And, and be creative, you know, about your sets, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. There's nothing Facts. wrong about, you know, doing edits. In fact, I think yeah. I think that's what the people will, will grab your wanna attention. Hear. Yeah, want to hear. Yeah. They, they'll, they'll remember you on your show. Yeah, the fact sure. that you did, like, a certain edit, let's just say that you slap mm -hmm. a, a Drake verse on a... On a build up for a track for a dubstep track or something like that, you know? And all of a sudden everybody's yeah. like singing and pumping and everyone's like, whoa, where did this come from? You know? Edits are huge, man. Edits are huge. And I, I do play a majority of my sets, edits mm. that I made. You know, uh, I also play a, a couple CeeLo edits, killing the game as well. I don't know if you've heard of him, but Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's like the best way to do. It. That's you know, 
that's how my homie native greedy shout out to him that's how he started out yeah, his, his 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 yep. his thing was all about edits yeah, his thing was basically he can show you like i can make a dubstep show and slap a couple michael jacksons in between and everybody yep, will still rock in it no problem he could even play house in the middle of a dubstep set and kill the game you know that's just him and that's what a great dj and producer can do yeah you know somebody top of the line a craze he was Oof. he was more of like a he's more, house effort, yeah right? he, he's more scratchy yeah, but now he's playing house oh now he's killing the game please Yo, and now he's making house, playing house, and he used to be like Jersey Club, like a 4B in a way. Oh, okay, um, yeah. But now, like, Gordo, DJ Snake, they're all playing his hit that's coming out, I think, tomorrow. It's, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's Yo. called uh, Do It To It or something like that, but it's an it's a hot song right now. He, he also got picked up by a United Talent Agency uh, recently. Good for him, man. Who, a long way. who they who they rep from that agency? I think everybody's on that every really? agency. It's all the agents connecting each other, like Max Freeman, a couple other people. But they're mm. just you know, at the end of the day, like people like Excision. If he's putting you on, you don't have to go through those people. You know, like Gordo, and I'm sure they're all getting bookings from United Talent Talent Agency uh, or Circle. Oh, Circle is by far one yeah. of the, one of out there. You know. But I yeah, I, yeah, I, sure. I agree. Um, yeah, when it comes to talent agencies, um, you just need to have a good team for for you yeah, for them yeah, to yeah, represent you, sure. you and then believe in you that they can sell you on any of these shows. You know. Yeah, they do a great job for sure. I I, mean, I strive to be on on their team one day. You know, um, I'm sure every producer and DJ wants that for themselves. Uh, that's constant bookings, constant rotation. Uh, that's what you need to be sustainable in this business, you know? Yeah, because believe it or not, the income, it only comes for touring and merching. Yep, touring and merching. Enough, yeah, enough, I just started enough. a merch company. Oh, yeah? What's the name? Yeah, it's it's called thegoonation.com. Oh. Um, just, yeah, it just uh, we're going to release a couple of shirts. And by the end of it, I want to have like rave apparel, uh, stuff like that for everything and everybody you know that's a lot even the rappers they don't make money off their music they make money yeah. off their merch whole year worth of money off their merch it's insane so you know you just gotta grind to you have it it's not doing good right now it's all good it's it's for the future you know what i mean i agree man and i've been telling this a lot for quite some time with all of my listeners and i keep telling it it's like guys like it you guys want to be part of this music industry you want to be a music producer that's cool man just so you yeah. know you're not gonna get a single dime until you start touring. That's where you yep. actually see your real income. Because when it, it comes to you have music, a show in different city every night. Yeah, um, it's it's insane. Yeah, it's it's, it's harsh though. It's, I do give those guys props that tour. Like it's it's crazy, man. I mean, but it but that's I mean, you choose that life, life, right? Yeah, for sure. That's like you, you, you knew know, stepping into the game. That's what you need to do. Yeah, you knew beforehand. Exactly because. Music alone is not gonna get you that far, you know. It's gonna get you nope. far enough to say, like, yeah, oh my god, you did that dope song, and so and so, and playing your music, and this yep. label is interesting, and blah blah blah. But that's as far as you're gonna get. You yep. need you need to actually eat. Yeah, yeah, you gotta start touring, you know. And I, even a lot of the DJs were hurting last year. Yeah, COVID, absolutely. You know? um, I, it was insane. I've seen a lot of my homies that I've never imagined that I'll see them hurting doing, you know, private touring sessions, 
doing you know free i mean not free um pre sell, selling their presets selling their presets, samples yeah. mm-hmm. you know um which is crazy because that's a that's a producer's arsenal you sell your preset well i'm not i'm sure they're not selling all of them but you know you sell the ones that you want to get rid of but if they if somebody would sell all their presets it's game over you know somebody's going to be making the same exact music as them i mean is it really game over like if i give you my formula to my preset and I give it mm-hmm. to you. Are you actually going to try to outshine me? You definitely shouldn't do that because you should have your own sound. You know, you shouldn't be taking somebody else's sound. Like say right. if I had Midnight's growl or his sound, I wouldn't want to make exactly like him. I'd want to do my own flow, you know, so actually it wouldn't be over. But, you know, to have the constant sound and something that you could hear, you should always try to change those presets or the samples, in my opinion, instead of just keeping them the same. No, I agree. I agree because... Like anybody could give me the same sample packs and presets for any set artist. I'm just gonna fuck with it even more. In fact, yeah, my new method of sound designing is resampling. And that's like yeah. by far the best way to do it. Like, and I tell for people, sure. it's like, you guys wanna be unique? You guys wanna be diverse? You guys wanna be something like you guys? Resample. Yep. Post process resample. Killing yeah. the game. Yeah. Because I said it before a couple of times already. Serum. Serum has been a industry standard that has got to mm-hmm. a point that has become oversaturated okay. and became very limited. Okay, I feel that. I Adair says no because I, I he says that he feels that serum it could be a is a very limitless because you can actually do more stuff and you can still create more stuff, you know. I get his point of view, but Again, how many people out there can afford serum right now? Who ha- How many people out there has serum, you know? How many people yeah, are yeah, actually yeah. sounding almost the same because all they're doing is what? The basic shapes. That, yeah. Because they know, they learn from the to the top dots that, you know, they make the nastiest growls, the nastiest synths and whatnot using basic shapes, you know? So how many, yeah, 100%. Of, how much more can you fuck up with? Can you do? Yeah, with, with the basic shapes, you know? That's no, why yeah. I took... I took that concept to the next level and say, let me just fucking resample. Let me just do something here. All right. Slap a couple post-processings, a couple of granulated synthesizers. Let's just fuck shit up, you know, until it sounds like what the fuck. And then start building your drop and then boom. Like you like were a puzzle. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Literally, it's all puzzle pieces. Um, I, I do agree with you, but serum to me, you know, that's like the home. Um, I guess because I learned it. If I didn't know how to use it, I mm. probably wouldn't use it because there's so many out. There's like Silence, Massive 2, Massive. There's so many other Face plan, um, you know, synthesizers like, yeah. Yeah, th- that you could do the same thing or even more on. But, you know, I'm just comfortable with Serum. So uh, that's what I use for right now. But Yeah, I, I have nothing against uh, with Serum. And if everybody's already comfortable enough to use Serum and that's your go to sound, it's like, hey, more power to you. Is you just have to realize that at one certain point, um, my shit has started to sound like this guy's stuff or a yeah. little bit, you know, or my stuff is phasing to sound like this or that, you know? And at one point you'll be like, uh, fuck it. I don't want to do the extra work. Just slap it like it is. And this is my song and that's that. And that's, that's the wrong way to do it. No, like you're supposed to be much more creative than that. That's 100%. That's what you're, you know, that's what separates you from the beginners, the yep. posers, the people that are doing this for fun. That's what separates you from yeah. everybody else. That's what makes you 100%. a pro 
to all these guys because now you're taking that concept of serum and you're taking it to the next level and make it mm. sound something for you that only you can only do, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, you found your sound. Mm. And, that, and that's the thing about being an artist. It's not just slapping it in there and calling it a day. It's the creativity le level. You know, no matter what you do, you're an artist if you're creative and you put it down, right? Yeah. So here's the thing about people that do a lot of production nowadays. They use reference tracks. Mm. I've never used a reference track in my life to produce music. It just doesn't work with me. It's props to the people who do it. Mm. But at the end of the day, if you use a reference track, you're just using different sounds for, a different, for the same song, in my opinion. You know, if you're going off the same drum pattern and you're going off the same synth and the way the layout is, you're just using different sounds for the same song. I've never used a reference track. I don't, I don't plan to. And the creativity level of just hearing it in your head and putting it down on the DAW is, is serious. Very interesting point of view because um, I actually do use reference sound as tracks. Really? I actually okay. use a lot of music because a lot, I get inspired very easily. So if there's a, a yeah, particular sure. song that I got heavily inspired and I say mm -hmm. like, man, I want to make something like this, like this level of big, you know? So I slapped that reference and it's like, all right, so let me hear the the way they angle this, like the way they come up with okay. doing this and doing that. I'm not repeating the same. I'm not trying to sound the same yeah, as the, as the and reference. You're an artist, and that's why that's the difference. Right. You know what I mean? You're hearing where the peaks are. You're hearing everything about that song instead of just taking the song and copying it and trying to make it your own. Right. You're trying to figure out how they did it and learn. Yeah. That I agree with 100%. You know, if you could figure out how Excision makes his music, fucking props to you, my dude, because that shit is serious. No, yeah. And and, <laughs> and if you can mix and master the same level as a Zomboy, bro, like... Yep. Zomboy's killing the game, too. Shout out to Zomboy, man. Shout out to Josh Melody, man, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day I'm going to get Who's your favorite dubstep artist? My old time? Not Zomboy. Zomboy is probably the <laughs> my number one artist, uh, and I've been a couple yeah. of times, and I've talked to him a couple of times. If awesome. if we're if we're putting in like who's my favorite, you know, bass artist, it'll have to be Zomboy, Rob Swire, and okay. yeah, and Skrillex has to be up there. Yeah, yeah, it's and, true. I mean, he kills the game. You know? it's yeah. Just a whole nother it's like godly at that point right you yeah know, he's been there for so long he's grinding his path and now he's at the top yeah that skrillets is basically a god level you know you have to be that level of you know uh, of greatness his, la his last song i think with josh pan um, yeah super, yeah i don't know the name of it but i listened to it like almost 200 times since it came out because that really just on repeat it just i love that vibe you know that's definitely a huge vibe what would you call what, that's bass music too? You'd call that bass music? I call anything that Skrillex does that's not house, I call it bass music because I mean, yeah, because he it, does have house, yeah, yeah. But because look at it this perspective, I mean, bass music, what do you classify as bass music? You got a bunch of genres actually, you got Whole dubstep, drama yeah. bass, break beats, mid tempo. Um, what else? Like, what low five, low five. Track. Like whatever trap, yeah, trap. Yeah. That that Jersey Club, that Carnival Festival mm -hmm. trap, you know, Moonbaton. So many genres. Moonbaton yeah. is still part of, of the whole bass music thing. Like, and and what's wild is that each of those genres already have subgenres of other shit, mm -hmm. you know? 
like they have like melodic rhythm and stuff now i'm like what is that and that thing was huge that, that popped off for a couple a week or two you know that melodic i don't know who made it but uh, it was nuts <laughs> i don't know who made it but i believe like the pioneers who started that movement was probably chime ace aura um fuck i'm Oliver's is definitely one of them. Yeah. Oliver's like his style is just like a Fat Stevenson way, and and mm. he's like bringing old school, you know, growlies that's moving and has like a riv a ribbon on it. Yeah, just flowing together. Yeah, like I definitely like music like that. Um, me and Bonkers are actually gonna come out with a melodic duo. Um, we'll see how it goes, but. That'd be great to you know, you know, put together one day. That's like a dream of ours we've been talking about. So we just gotta put it put it on paper, but a multi-genre genre duo. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. How can you can do it right now? We can. It's just like our times are so off. But if we sat down for like a week and just straight grinding music, we'd have a whole EP out. But how can you don't do like what Nitty does, you know, that he's he yeah, himself yeah, like is a, a multi-genre him solo. Mm -hmm. And then he has yeah. his house thing as side piece, you know? And then, sure. so I'm my, he's my also question, playing more side piece shows than he is nitty gritty right now though. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, obviously yeah, so. because he knows where to go. Like he knows where the yeah. money is. Like if they're if they're paying a lot more on side piece show than on nitty, he always gonna go favor a thousand percent thousand percent and even with the side piece song he uh he even got nom nominated for an emmy or a grammy something like that the yeah. grammy yeah so congrats to him man killing the game like that yeah. is awesome you know every producer should strive to get that you know dubstep it might not be now and this time that dubstep will get a grammy but soon it's coming i mean yeah i think that should be like the goal for for any producer like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the the, mo the moment that you actually lend it your music into a Grammy nominee, even nominated for a Grammy. Yep. The fact that your name Probably is long. out there and everybody yep. knows that that's your song, like, killing it. Forget yeah, about it. Like, you're done. a winner after that, you know? Yeah, for sure. 100% agree with you. That is like top of the line. Like, you're elite at that point. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's why, you know, when Nitty saw that his stuff, start to push a lot on the Grammy level with side piece. He now started like focus a little bit more on side, side piece, but he's still yeah. got needy great. The only thing about him oh, yeah, on needy is that he's trying to refresh his brand. Okay. To, to tackle more him instead of mm -hmm. more the masses. Because if you, uh, if you're listening to when he started as a trap guy, all the way to where he is right now to a multi genre, you notice like Huge all difference. his music right now is most most of it to please the masses, to get the people, mm -hmm. to gravitate it, yep. you know? But he had but 100%. he told me he hasn't make that one he hasn't started making songs that makes him feel like him, like this is me. Like this is yeah, something yeah, yeah. I do. I'm happy of doing this. Right now he's just And you're just hyped on it. Right now he's just, just putting making, it out. Yeah, he's just putting yeah, music yeah. out there because people fuck with it, they love it. He hasn't just mm -hmm. got into the real pun, you know, nitty gritty stuff, yeah, you know, for sure. The and that takes that's huge for an artist to do. Once you find your sound and you're putting music out, like this is how I feel. This is me. Yeah. You're capturing that audience and making them feel the way you felt that day sitting in your chair producing. Yeah. So if you could do that, that is top of the line elite as well. Like Skrillex, people like that, you know, they know before they even get in the studio what they're doing. 
Yeah. You know, and um, a lot of like, you know, novices and amateurs, you know, they get in the studio and they just keep trying shit out. Just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, figure it out, which, which is music in general, trial and error, a thousand percent. One thing doesn't sound good, you take it out, you try something else. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, you can never do something wrong in music. There's no correct way. I agree. Mastering, there's a correct way, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Producing in general. Mixing and mastering, there is a correct way. And and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to fix that. Like, it, there's, there's, sure. there's. You blow some speakers or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Ma- the worst. Imagine making an original tune. Imagine you making the sickest sound and you feel like, oh, this sound is sick, but the high pitch of it is just like ear candy. And you're like, uh, like tone <laughs> down the, the game. Yeah, no, literally destroying the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever's playing after you, that, that sucks, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> that happened at uh, Forbidden Kingdom on the art car. I don't know who it was, but somebody blew out the speakers and the rest of the, everybody who played after that, their set was just destroyed. No. I mean, they would still throw down, but the speakers were destroyed. Yeah. In the local from, area? Yeah, the second day, those speakers were gone for me. Shut up. Yeah, it also was, it, the first day, it also got rained on. Like, the CDJs were completely drenched. It, it was a, uh, it was crazy, man. They weren't prepared for rain at all. Damn. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's Florida. It's <laughs> yeah, Florida. It There's no way you could tell. Yeah. It's raining on half of the road and not raining on the other half. You know, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we might not predict, but it's Florida. Like anything yeah. goes, you know? Yeah. At least you should be ready for it. Um, you know, it was even during my set mm. at Forbidden Kingdom, I couldn't even read my cdjs the sun was so hot the screen was like blacking out on me shut up and then i'd have to pull like a tarp over it let it cool down for like two seconds and then it would be like back up but the one the minute the sun makes it hot again the screen just blacks out like sunspots it was insane you know definitely but you know that's that's a huge thing about djing you know everything could happen and anything could happen you got to be you got to adapt and overcome a thousand percent your stage catches on fire you're like that kazo set you see oh that was crazy man i was so hyped for that set (laughs) 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 i was like so hyped and then it is two minutes in that thing caught on fire i was like what the hell well you know that's that's what's that that's telling you kso is fired he's fired fired, literally that's that's something that's something to tell your kids i caught the stage on fire (laughs) (laughs) you know let me tell you like as a stage coordinator as an audio striker there's an A1 and LED panelist and programmer. I've done, I've done a lot. I've worked for the Clevelander for many years. Yeah. So I used to do, I'm used so. to all that shit. And then I've been freelancing before with Ultra and some of these guys. And let me tell you, if stuff like that happens are two reasons. One, the shit wasn't working and the people who set it up knew about it and they were just praying that yeah. it works. Or, or two... Or two, it was about to burst any given time because it's already been overused and yeah. it's already been blown out to the mats. And it was just a matter of time and we were just pondering off. But I can guarantee yeah. you 100% that the people behind the scenes, the stage people, are not not bashing those guys. You know, these some of those guys are homies of mine, but somebody knew. Somebody yeah, knew. Somebody knew for sure. Somebody and just hoping knew. hoping for the best. Yeah, somebody Which, knew. In front of thousands and thousands of people, 
you shouldn't be just hoping for the best. You should have everything pencil to paper, you know, like going a hundred percent, you know, for the safety of everybody. Yeah. And just for money wise, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I agree. The right way I used to work is that if a, a speaker that's like on the side of you, you know, the monitor speakers for you to listen, yeah. if one of them blows up, we already have another one to replace Fact. it. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. if a microphone ain't working, it doesn't have a, a enough batteries. Boom, you got another one. Another one. Yeah. If if uh if a if one of the in that case, if one of the speakers is blown up, we we unplug it. Mm. That's how you're supposed to do it. You unplug yeah. it so it doesn't keep fucking up the the sound or, uh, or the speaker, mm. and you can still enjoy the show because I'm pretty sure they they didn't do anything. They just let the speaker went out all all day, right? They didn't replace uh, it. Yeah, no, they didn't replace it. But then again, the art car wasn't technically ran by Insomniac. You know, I'm sure if it was ran by Insomniac, they would have changed it out. Oh. It was kind of like a third party thing. So, um, mm. yeah, not trying to bash Insomniac, but they have the best hospitality for artists ever. Like, yeah, I that was my first festival actually experiencing, mm -hmm. um, you know, that Insomniac treatment in a way, because I've been with like Pepe Vargas. I, he started me. I've been on Forbidden, the first one, the second one, and now the third. And it was never at that level. Mm. Of course it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't ran by the best people in the game. Right. But definitely the hospitality was great, man. I definitely recommend it 100%. And it's just an honor to be even on their website, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, my first best treatment was definitely Sunset Music Festival. Yeah. That's where I felt like I was treated like a king, you know? Yeah, I see they have RVs for everybody. RVs that year we Insane. had like Pollo Tropical, like <laughs> Lit. Oh, buffet shit, like eat all you can. Yeah. And and the drinks? Oh, I bet. Open, open bar, bar all the way. Yeah, yeah. You know? wasn't like that, but I know EDC Orlando is like that. Shout out to all the Florida homies that got on that lineup, man. We're yeah. taking over for damn sure. That's I could see hopefully next year it, I'm on there because I definitely see it for sure. I want to see every person that I interview here that from South Florida or there in Florida to be at these festivals, you know, because will. today I still am a firm believer that there's a lot of talent here in, in Florida. It's just, it's just, it's been undervalued. You guys are being undervalued, underlooked. Like it's, and if it's not for people like Lucha or Pepe or others, you know, that they're putting you on the map or putting you on these sets or doing these collabs or whatnot, like people would never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would never figure I mean, it out. Never, ever, ever. Nobody would ever know about you. You know, people, Even some of the big DJs now, if you're on their card and you're just opening, they don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, though. It has changed a lot in the last couple of years. Mm. I think I started four years ago with Pepe and it was very limited. The people he would put on mm -hmm. were the same people every time. Yeah. The people he grind that grinded with him. Yeah. You know, shout out to Allison who runs Treehouse now and the venue as well. Powerhouse, too. They're all lot, Miami, they're bringing yeah. a lot of new and upcoming people you know, that were in the shadows before that always asked for the slots, but they never got it because they weren't pulling people, stuff like that. But now they're giving chances to everybody, which is a beautiful thing. I think they should have their top guys, you know, that mm -hmm. will be like their residents who play the direct support because mm -hmm. you've played on those stages before and you're the most experienced. But definitely the opener slots and everything, you need the new people to come out, see who they can bring, see what their music's all about and see how their story is, you know? I agree. I agree 100%. And 
I feel like some of these festivals, they should take some of that talent over to their shows because, hey, yeah. what's a better way to bring more people? Like, we all know it's going to be, a it's going to sell out, you know, your festival. But what if you can sell out even more if you bring mm -hmm. your own, the locals from that state? Yeah. And, like, you know, Sunset and uh, Sunset Music Festival and Forbidden does this a lot. Um, I don't see so much in uh, like EDC or Okeechobee. Okeechobee does it as well. They bring a lot of local people. Yeah. And those local people bring their friends. Yeah. You know, those friends might have not wanted to go before, but because my best friend's playing, I'm going to go now. Extra sale right there. Yeah, you know, exactly. It just goes on like that. It's it's like a pyramid scheme. It's, in, it's insane. In a, in a way, yeah, basically, because that, that's, how, that's, how you, that's how you get more numbers. That's how you show yep. off to to Ultra and let them know. It's like, haha, see? Yeah. Motherfuckers. I started, I started promoting, and I would be like, oh, this is how I got into the game with Lucho. I started promoting, selling tickets for him. He didn't even know my name. First time I sold like 20 tickets. I didn't even produce music at this time. Mm. And I just, I was, he was just like, oh, you could open up for me, whatever. Got on some cards. And then, but you, you tell somebody, hey, you sell 10 tickets. I'll put you on the guest list for anything. And it's literally like a pyramid scheme like that, right? Somebody sells 10 tickets. You got them. Their friend sells 10 tickets. Then you got them. You know, it's just, it's just like a rotation. Um, but that is how I started with Lucho. Started promoting shows for him. Now it's a lot different. Now it's just like residency and stuff at Treehouse Miami. Right. But yeah, basically that's how it all started with me and Lucho. Our relationship yeah, started. Everybody got to start somewhere. Yeah, it all started with the Life and Color meeting back then when it was comedy events. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. And I started yeah, with that, and and I was new to Miami. Mind you, yeah, I, yeah. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico for 25 years, and I moved oh, there nice. like seven years ago. So, oh, I, so I don't know anything about or anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So I asked him, I said, tell him straight out. It's like, yo, I, I want to be in the line of life of color. What is it that I got to do to prove you that I'm worth it? You know, he told me all the, all the run-ups. Like, all right, yeah. you can, if you show me that you can sell tickets, if you show me that you can do a lot of street promo, if you promote me a lot about our shows, then you may actually have a chance and we'll give you a spot. It's like, all right, but that's where it all starts. And especially in Miami. And that's why Miami got shaded on for a long time mm. because they were taking these promoters and, you know, putting them on or somebody. And that's why a lot of kids hate as well. Yes. Because yeah, yes, so, talk about ahead, it. Talk so, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll say it. So that's why a lot of kids hate as well. You know, if you bring 20 people to the club, but you're a better producer than me, who are they going to, who are they going to put on? They're going to put on me. Right. But you're killing the game in production. You're sitting in your room 24 seven, but nobody will listen to you because now you're not bringing the people, mm -hmm. you know, but one is now, now you mix those together. You're, you're producing music. You're bringing your people. You're killing the game. That's what, that's a huge step in becoming what you want to be. Yeah. Basically that's how that, they always going to look for the one that's going to bring them more money unfortunately yep. you know whatever is actually mm -hmm. making the most pulls the making the most you know moving the most noise you know they're not yep. they're not gonna bring the guy who's like super talented and they may be like the next martin garris type shit you know but nobody's gonna give a shit because like like can you bring me 20 people every fucking weekend yep. no yeah what should i care uh, yeah it's not gonna help me at all you could play your music in front of a dead room what is that it's wasting money out of our pocket basically you know yeah so yeah i started promoting doing all that and that's where that's what got me to where i am today but you know you start you start going through the steps like you start promoting 
Then you become like a DJ. You start bringing your friends to those shows. Mm. Then you start getting into production. You know, it's just like all a ladder to me that some people are different. Like Versa. I don't know if you ever heard of Versa, but shout out to Versa. Cute, cool homie. He was a local. He was hitting me up like three years ago, you know, like try sending me songs and his music is unbelievable. Mm. And, you know, DPMO put him on and now he's huge in the rhythm community, killing the game. And, you know, that's like by the book, how you're supposed to do it. But yes. that's not how everybody could do it. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's, it's you got to be skilled and you got to put the hours in if you really want it. Yeah, basically, this is all about um, taking your own path, you know, because there's yep. there's lots of paths. One thing I've, I've mentioned before is you have to create your own paths to see which one benefits you sure. the most. What I do a lot here in the in this podcast is like I tell like this is made for up and commerce professionals and, you know, whatnot. And I tell people, it's like, everybody has their own paths. Like, like if yep. Nitty Greedy, I saw him from the very beginning when he started up, since yep. he and I were uh, close friends and the same school graduated together. I saw him when he was starting all the way to where he is right now. Insane. Killing the game. I can, I cannot do what he does, what he did. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If he gave me the blueprints to how to succeed and how to be a music producer, it may not actually work on me. It's yep, because it has to be your own path. Exactly. His way the of people you meet. Yeah, this way of making me uh, make it to all the way where he is right now. That was his path. That was his blueprint. I have yeah. my own blueprint. You have your own blueprint. We can right. we can share similar paths. We can share. We can probably like go different routes or change mid routes out of it. Mm -hmm. But everybody has their own path. You can't just, you know, pretend like, like, oh yeah, because it worked for nitty greedy, it's going to work for me. Not necessarily. Yeah. It may, it may, yeah. it may actually take a whole lot longer. For sure. And I a hundred percent agree with you because a lot of these artists that are releasing on labels, which is insane to do. I haven't got a label release yet, but mm -hmm. coming soon, I'm going to keep working for that. They get on a label. It stops there. Right. You know, they're not booking shows because the label, unless the label has like their own show, mm. but they're not, it's the people you meet. If I never met Justin Bargain, Pepe Vargas, Lucho, I wouldn't be anybody. Mm. I'd be a producer just sitting in my room trying to produce music, trying to get on those labels. But, but now you grow a fan base. Now you put out music. And in my opinion, it does a lot better than just putting something out on a label. Got to grow your fan base, sell the merch, try to do as much possible. Come on podcasts. You know, this is my first one and I'll probably do more for sure because I just, it's the exposure, it's the getting yeah. out there. It doesn't matter if there's one follower or a million followers, it's the exposure, you know? See, I like that sort of attitude because you actually appreciate every single opportunity that's being given to you, you know? Facts. And like you say, like, it doesn't matter if the podcast is big or it's small, it's, mm -hmm. it's some sort of exposure. It's something that benefits yeah. you. It, yeah. It's unfortunately that, you know, I have to say this, that a lot of people that I've tried to get into this podcast, they don't see it that way. That's not right. And and it, and, it, and I'm not talking about locals or South Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about between the local people that I know, homies that I, I thought I knew to mm -hmm. all the way to people who are in, let's say, let's say they're already in the pro levels and then even above. Mm -hmm. I've talked all the way from all those people. And yeah. even people that are trying to come up, even people that are trying, like they, you already got your blue check mark. 
Like mm. you're about to start your thing. I get and that, and that's the wrong thing to do because you're closing an opportunity. You're closing a door on somebody that you don't know what their potential is in five years. Yeah. Say, say you have one follower and we're doing a podcast. You're trying to start up your thing, right? Yeah. Five years, you're grinding the same podcast. You have millions of followers now. You're never going to close your back on me to do another podcast. The people that said, no, you have a million followers now. They're going to ask you to do a podcast and you're going to be like, no, you didn't help me when I was at my low. Mm-hmm. So that really describes a person's character and their ego. And it does take a matured person and an artist to realize that's not the right move to close the door on an opportunity completely. You know? And it's funny because some of these people that rejected me through emails, like I got them to say yes to me. And they say, you know, talk to my manager so we can schedule it. And that's where the managers go like, we have to kindly pass. Check us over yeah, in yeah. a few months or so. We'll see next time. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't reply to those. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and that, you know, that's a mistake. Not saying the seasoned guys who are have managers and they have their whole team ready. I have my team too. I don't have a manager though. Because if you're, if I'm paying you to manage me and you're not doing what I already did for myself. Yeah. It's a pointless relationship to me. Yeah. You know, so that's why I don't have a manager and I've been just doing it all myself. Eventually, it'll get to that point where I'm going to need somebody to know to send my music out to all the labels constantly. You know, that's what I want to strive to. But right now, I don't need it. And so I'm really popping off, which will be in the next two two next year or two. I see it for sure. I see a dream and I see a vision and I'm like tunnel vision in it. I just there's Get no it. other path for me. Get it. And you know what? At this point, I'll tell you what, you don't really need a manager, man. And you yeah. don't need to seek a manager, you know, because if you're actually doing everything that a manager does, why do I need you? Like, yeah. I've I, had a couple of people ask me and I, the question I give them, what are you going to do that I haven't done for myself the whole time, every single time? Mm. And they get stuck there. They're like, oh uh, yeah, I put myself on shows. I got to the point where I am today. Unless you're managing me as like a, uh, like, in the circle group or United Talent Agency. I don't I don't see myself needing one until I'm at that level. Exactly, bro. And let yeah. me tell you, it's okay to know more than a manager. It's sure. in fact, it's perfect if you know more than a manager. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you will know if the manager is screwing you or not. You will yep. know if the manager is actually in it for you or not or is doing his job or not. Because I had managers before, didn't work out, unfortunately, you know, and I said to myself, like, man, if I'm doing all the work, if I already got all the bookings, like if and if I know how to read contracts and I know how to how to talk to me and how to send emails, like, what are you doing for me? Exactly. No, no shade, no shade on my previous managers, because I had that on my show mm -hmm. before. Yeah. No, no shade on them. But It was that, like, what can you do? And obviously, at the same time, you got to protect my image as well. So you can't be doing other other shit that can potentially hurt my image. You yeah, know? exactly. You know, I had a, a, a videographer that would come to me, come with me every time and do it for free. Mm -hmm. Close homie. He got into some trouble. I can't have that around. I cannot do it. You know, it's just going to look bad on me. Yeah. Just not saying you did it wrong or you did anything, but the word is out now. Yeah. You know, here's the thing about the music industry. You have to be street smart. There are a lot of shady motherfuckers. Oh. There are a lot of people trying to hurt you. You know, Let's haters. Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So haters are always fans too. Mm. If they're looking at your stuff, keep the relationship like that. Because they're what 
what that is telling me that you're jealous of me and that's almost giving me power to do better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Basically, so. I, I know what you're saying. After the show, I'll tell you people who've double crossed me, you know, and uh, no problem. And yeah, bro, like it's very it's very shark frenzy yeah. over here. You know, it's unfor- and it's it's unfortunate, you know, because It, it hurts you even more when you least expect it. It's like, oh damn, man, you hurt. That's how you. That's how you move. That's how yep. we move. Like, damn, that's what's up. All right, I, I, I'll keep that in mind, you know. And this mm-hmm. industry, believe it or not, guys, like we may, we may see it that it's big, that the industry is big, but it's actually smaller than you think for sure. Because word gets around. Word gets around very quick. And yeah. everybody knows somebody from somewhere and all of a sudden, like everybody knows your story. Like everybody knows yeah. what, what happened. And this is something that happened to me, even when I was starting up as a producer, as a DJ, you know, back when I was playing at Jello Claw. And okay. we we talked about this with, with Chris, Big and Slim. Yep, homies. I talked, we talked about it because it, it, it happened literally between him and me that something happened that somebody called him out or say some shit on him in the show and somehow my word was thrown out there saying like oh yeah like that's Wolfson's friend or that's Wolfson's so and so and and you know Wolfson is, is aware of it yeah and now they look at you like what the hell even though it was yeah it's all talk man and that that's why you have to be very street smart and know how to talk to people because You never want that beef to stay beef. You want to de-escalate it as quickly as possible. Of course. Get those doors to open up with everybody. You know, here's a big thing I do too. I bring a lot of people up for back-to-back. You know, like I don't do it as much as I used to, but I used to do it because I would love to give people opportunities that I have. Mm. Maybe not the whole set going back-to-back, but like the last 10 minutes, I don't care throwing a homie on that, you know, that I think deserves it. And I was taken advantage of for that reason. And I will, you know, I, I pick very closely who I go back to back with now. Mm. But there's a couple people out there that are snakes, you know. I would bring them up for a back to back and now they would never show me love, never like my post, stuff like that. And if they mm. see this, they know who I'm talking about. But the other people won't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. all, we, all we can do is <laughs> fuck those fuckers, you know. Yeah. Oh, snakes, well, so. fuck them all, you know. <laughs> it it's 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 sad that you know that the industry has to be like this that's why i'm trying to create this podcast to to break that mold that the that the industry has created you know like i'm trying to bring everybody together to form a community even if it's among just talking with me you know we can talk mm-hmm. and talk or i can bring you and then i can bring dream takers to, a, to an episode and we can all just yeah. talk shit right here Or, you know, like I can bring <laughs> needy greedy and you here and then we can all talk yeah. together. You know, yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, I'm, tr- I'm trying to, you know, connect yeah, right cool, here man. and, you know, have, a, yeah. have, have a, I'm trying to have a place for everybody to come over and just sit down and talk and let's, let's have a yep. conversation and, you know, talk That's about awesome. all the shit. It's like, oh man, Wilson, man, you have no idea what the fuck happened the other day. On this show, <laughs> this shit happened and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, damn, bro. Yep. Imagine that. <laughs> that's that. And if that's what you strive to do, I'm 100% down whatever you want. Because that is what, you know, a podcast uh, should be. You know, it's a bunch of homies just chilling. Yeah. You know, talking about life, talking about what's going on. And podcasts are growing huge right now. You know, Joe yeah. Rogan killed it originally. Oof. But now, like, Oof. the Nelk Boys got podcasts and a. Uh, You know, Sugar Show, uh, MMA, which is he fights for the UFC. They all got podcasts. 
and it's just growing a huge fan base that people are now like, okay, let me listen to this more now than ever, in my opinion. I agree, man. And the angle I'm trying to get to my podcast is more of a educational purpose. You know, I'm trying to yep. I try to let the people know who are trying to get into the music industry or or, sure. or they're trying to get to a an industry all altogether in inside the entertainment. Mm -hmm. And and I want to let the people know, like, here's my experience. Here's the experience of the people I've interviewed. You know, here's the experience of this. Yep. This is what happened to them. This is what happened to me. We recommend mm -hmm. you not do this. We recommend you to be wary of this. Like, don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. Listen to their stories. Not trying Listen. to do, not trying to do here a Q&A here podcast because been there, done that. No, let's listen to the stories of everyone, you know, because this 100%. is how people understand each other. This is how people get better, get evolved. A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man that learns is. from other people's mistakes. Mis yeah, and that is the hardest thing to do, though. Yeah. learn from other people's mistakes because even me i learned from my own mistakes i can't learn from other people's mistakes now that i'm matured definitely could start looking at it like that mm -hmm. you know i'm not trying to I'm, i'll follow other people see what they did and not make that same mistake but when i was younger it, it came all down to me for sure yeah. it was yeah i made the mistake now i have to own up for it and mm -hmm. fix it but but It wasn't always. Now it's not like that for sure. No, of course. My mind space is a lot more mature and uh, different that I could look at that. But for a new upcoming artist, listen to what the other people have to say. Listen to the the stories they have for you and the road they took because it's not going to be exactly for the same. But what they did wrong is what you don't want to do wrong. Exactly. Now, you know? Exactly. Uh, see. See. We cannot prevent you to make the same mistakes as we did. I mean, you're probably going to make the same mistakes that we did. Who knows? But yeah. well, the best we can do is just try to avoid it as much as possible. Maybe there's some things sure. that you can't avoid and it, it inevitably it, okay. it will happen. But at least we can give you the heads up and say, hey, expect this. And hey, this might happen. Hey, this is going to happen if you don't do this, 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 and that. Like, I really wish that a lot of artists and labels or big people, I don't care, have at least have the, the time or the decency mm -hmm. to actually talk about these sort of stuff. Because believe it yeah. or not, as soon as I got in, into the industry, there was a lot of shit that I wasn't aware of. Oh, crazy. That I learned on the, I learned it through the hard way. And then there's a yep. lot of stuff that I didn't want to learn. And I learned, and I was like, oh my God. Okay. So this is how left, works like this is how we go like we're crap like i'm telling you yeah, man. No, i know what you mean because i mean everybody up until this day and age has went through the hard way right yeah because now you have podcasts and stuff like this that are telling the new upcoming producers what not to do and what to do you know it was never like this it was yeah until until now so everybody you know took their own path and learned the hard way i definitely agree with you on that man yeah man and I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to change the narrative, man, because hey. it's it's it it, it hurts me. I, I don't know why I get emotional about it, but it hurts me yeah. seeing some of these artists and some of these young people repeating the same mistakes over and yeah. over. Like you saw this mistake from this big person. You're about to commit it right now. Oh, you're already in it. Like, how mm. the fuck did you not foresaw this? Like it, it was yeah. Plain and simple, you know? You could tell when something's wrong and what's right. I mean, that, that has, that's a huge thing with ego too now. Mm. Because you think you're better than what you actually are. Mm. And somebody's going to be like, okay, 
So let me just tell you a story that happened at Treehouse. I'm not going to say any names. All right. No, yeah, keep it. The headliner was playing and he, it was the first time in a while that he started playing. Mm. And I guess he plays from COVID and he played over his time. And there was a closer that was supposed to play. Oh, the dude stormed off, got pissed off. Like I came out here for nothing, whatever, whatever, dude, you don't think that the promoter, whoever's throwing the show is going to get you back for what happened. But now because you're throwing a fit Mm. and your ego is bigger than your head. Now you're going to close the door completely. And that's not what you want to do. You literally hit the nail on the coffin. And let me tell you, it has happened to me before. Yeah. It has happened to me with Lucho. And did I ever throw a hissy fit? You got to look at the long run. Exactly. Got to look, look at the long run. Look at the long run. Because I remember, I remember before, before I stopped DJing for Lucho and working for Lucho, I remember I opened up for Life in Color 2017 after party. I wanted to play in the in the actual festival, mm-hmm. but he said, nah, nah, I got you. I'll put you in the after party because you're going to open up for Blondes and Blondes, Bonnie and Clyde, Nita Greedy, and Dr. P. I remember that. Yeah. I was there. I was like, all right, bet. Like, at least I could be with Nita Greedy. Was and, at Club Cinema, right? Yeah. I, no, it was, it was, ah, space, space, space. Oh, it was space. Okay. Yeah, the, the, the after party. I remember. The problem is, is that he put me for the 10 o'clock slot and that was like literally nobody there. And the- oh, I played at space and that's slot, same exact slot, dude. There's nobody. They don't even open doors. Yeah. For yeah. Exactly like that. And then- I had a whole two years that I played doors. In my yeah. Opinion. I had you know, that so too. I yeah, had you that. You got to grind to the top, man. Yeah. And you know what Lucha did? He put me up to opening slot for Borgor on mm. cinema. And he, he, he gave me prime time. Like, he gave me a 10 o'clock slot. Doors open at 8, something like that, or 9. As I remember. But by that time it was 10, there was already hundreds of people inside of cinema. Yeah. And yeah, I was I played, in... Uh, one, of the time, one time at cinema main stage. It was, that, was, that was where I went to my first rave, and I got to play there. I'm happy with that. Man. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy with my cinema uh, shows, you know? And yeah. yeah, it's just like that, bro. Like, I kept it quiet to myself because I said, like, no, yeah. it's okay. Fine. Play the long run. You know, your name is there. Then yeah. people on will the know flyer. that you were there on the flyer with these yeah. artists. People know it's like, holy shit, this guy is moving. No, like, look, yo, exactly. look who's look who's playing. Look who's he DJing with. Like, holy yeah. shit. You exactly. Know? You open at 10 for a whole year. But you're getting on every the headliners lineup regardless. Yeah. Just to post that on social media, which is everything nowadays, you know? So yeah. just to put that, just a flyer is amazing. You know, I played uh even Forbidden Kingdom. Mm. Um, I played the after party with uh Midnight Tea, YDG, uh Figure. I opened. Wow. The festival didn't even end and I was there playing, right? It's not for right now. It's the you make good terms with people. It will pay off. You keep doing the what you're supposed to do and not, you know, talk back or close doors. It will pay off regardless. I agree. I agree. It's just it's you. At one point, you have to think the long run. You have yeah. to play and you have to be a little bit smart about it. Like you said, you have mm-hmm. to be street smart. Like you have to think yeah. about like, OK, if it's not it's not happening now, it's because it wasn't meant for it to be happening now. Exactly. It was meant yeah. to happen later on a bigger time mm-hmm. at a better time, you know, but now it's not the time. I thought it was this time. No. Okay. Let's move on. You know, 
But sometimes some of these people, they get, like you said, they get, they throw a hissy fit. They get upset by yeah. the minimalist thing, you know? And I'm like, bro, be grateful to the fact that your name is there with these artists and they gave you a shot. They, they gave, gave you a shot. You a shot. Yeah. And if you do what you're supposed to do, guess what? You're going to get another shot and another shot. And it just keeps going. But you screw up one time. Mm-hmm. You're screwed. It's all it, it's all it takes, man. Unfortunately, right. this is, this is not a baseball style of strikes. Like, you know, free strikes, you're right. Yeah. No, it's one strike yeah, and you're done. <laughs> For real, man. Like, it depends what it is, you know, but say if I screwed up with Lucho or I didn't, you know, every time I would sell tickets, I didn't return the money and stuff like that. A lot of people who I know did that and now they're nobody, you know, but you, you do what you're supposed to do. You don't make a mistake with these people and it yeah. will pay off. Thousand percent. Yeah. yeah I, you know, I think uh for this year, I didn't even have to promote it, but I promote it because it's it's good income for me. For yeah. this year for Bidding Kingdom Music Festival, with all the promoters, we sold forty thousand dollars in tickets. I handed Pepe forty thousand dollars. Not a single dollar off, man. And you know, that's the relationship you have to build because now that Pepe's blasting off, guess where I'm gonna go to? I'm gonna blast off with him. And you know, it's just it's he's gonna keep his people that helped him out since the beginning. Exactly. Exactly. See, like, and never burn a bridge. What you're exactly never burn a bridge because once that a bridge is burned, there's no coming back, man. Yep. If I, like, like, say for the first Forbidden Kingdom music festival, I didn't hand Pepe all his money, I would be nobody. Mm. Or if you know, I didn't, or it, it just there's so much things that you don't want to do. Yeah. If you're looking for a career, make sure you're on point. Yeah. If you're looking to make this a career, make sure you're on point. I mean, yeah. You know, it's, it's huge. No, absolutely. Very political. No, and, and it gets very political here in the industry, you know, like people yeah. and, and it's easily like people can, like I said earlier, people can talk and people would know. So even if you try to come up again, but through other comp- competitors, people would know and people would be like, nah, I don't want to work with you. It's like, why? Like, yeah. well, I heard stories about you, man. And I don't want to bring that, sh- that shit over me. Also, another advice. Never sleep with your fans. Doesn't matter if they're all oh. over you. Do not sleep oh with your fans. Oh my God. <laughs> have you had that experience before? Have you seen um, it? Yeah, I have seen it. I've, I've had girls, you know, like come on to me just because, oh. you know, of the jewelry or yeah. the, the clout or whatever. But you cannot make a mistake to that because that will destroy you, dude. They could say one wrong thing. And you're destroyed. You know what happened to Dastic? Who knows? I mean, that he got cut off immediately, right? And now he tried to come up and he's still cut off. Or Bass Nectar. Somebody who's making millions of dollars in the industry. Cut off just like that. Because they did it too many times, right? Yep. Bro, I'll tell you about a story about those two. But before I do, like, let me tell you. When I used to come up and I had these little tours, the first thing I do with my writers is that I kid you not. This is what I have in my writers. I tell them, I want six bottles of water, uh, six bottles of beer, like whatever's the good brand you got. A nice little black snapback hat of your town's, you know, favorite team or whatnot. And I don't want any woman inside my area. And that's the smartest thing to do. If, if, If the woman is working, fine. She's because she's working. She's working for your team or your company what or the bartending or the club whatever fine anyone outside of that i don't want any woman 
And I'm not trying to be sexist about it. I'm not trying to be misogynistic about it. I'm trying to be real because it's only trouble, man. It's only trouble. And I've already seen this too many times in which Mm -hmm. you, by not looking at them, they're already saying like, oh, this motherfucker tried to touch me, you know? And you were like, the fuck? Even kiss me or even try to hook up with me. And you're like, what the fuck? I wasn't even near this. Like perfect example, what happened with Justin Bieber? What happened with Justin Bieber? That girl out of nowhere says like, "Oh, he raped me" or some shit, and he came pull up with receipts. It's (laughs) like, no, you weren't. (laughs) It's crazy. crazy. Imagine a girl like that, like on on the level Bieber. Imagine what it can do to you or any fan. Like it don't matter. I doesn't matter who you are. It happens. No, it doesn't happen. Let me tell you, on one of the trips I, I did with Nitty Gritty on his tour, when he did his first Florida tour with Bonnie and Clyde, me, his tour manager, and I, we went to the same school. We were, we're all homies. And we went to Gainesville. And there's this show that he performed to open up, you know, Bonnie and Clyde at that time. And there was it, it so happened that there was this girl that Nitty knew at that show. And she she was just blast. She was yeah. just blasted. And when he came up on his set, she decided to come up uh on the side, not on his not on his turntables, because I was there not like not letting anybody in. She came For out sure. to the side to there was like a like a little stage on the side of the turntables or whatnot, like outside of us, and she was started dancing and shit. And my and our tour manager, he was telling us, yo, Wolfson, put her down, put her down. Yeah. At that time, I was I wasn't thinking. I was like, "Why she's not doing anything?" Like I'm making sure she's done it. He's like, "Put her down." I was like, "All right, bet." And like, "Yo, you gotta put, you gotta get down, you gotta get down." You, gotta, I'm sorry, I know, I know, whatever. You know, you gotta get down, you gotta get down. It wasn't <laughs> there until I realized what he meant about it. Because if anything happened to her, she can just say like, "Oh yeah, nitty gritty was there." And people are like, why didn't Nitty Gritty help you out? Why you got hurt? Why did this happen to you? Like, Yeah, even if they get a picture with the girl, she could say whatever she wants, you know? Exactly. Say if she's on stage and you're DJing, it just looks so bad. Exactly. Yeah, I try to stay away from all that. Um, when I was younger, it was definitely a lot harder for me to do that, though. No, of course. You know? But now as I'm more maturing and I've been saying, like we said before, learning about the other people's mistakes, that's a, that has a big role in this. Yes. So. Yeah, bro. And let me tell you, it's it's nasty out there, man. It's nasty that some of these chicks abuse their power to get to their own benefits. But then you take a look at that that sick situation in the base nectar and you have to believe it because it's true. And I've talked to people who have been around those guys and they say like, oh, yeah, this is not something new that this is something that I would expect for him to do. And I'm like, Damn, bro! Like this is just this is just a messy situation overall yeah, on both ends. Like, yeah, like, and you don't know whether, like, I believe it's true. All the shit that he did was, yeah, I believe it's true because I I was told that he's like that. Yeah, I believe it too. And then and then you but, got, and then you and hear, that's, I mean that's some sketchy shit to be doing anyway. Yeah. you don't want to. That's that's creepy. You don't want to be on that level. Yeah, like, no. That, there, there, people are creepy and people do ways their way and that's not the right way and that's no. why they're not who they sh- where they should be today 
and what and you know what's wild about it is that there's still people supporting them to this day, both male yeah, yeah, and yeah. female, which is yeah, wild to me. Okay. No, bro. As soon as I heard some of this that sick shit and bass neck to crab, like I kid you not, I deleted my mute their music. Yep. And all the merch that I have from them over the years, like I gave that away to the homeless or something because like I don't never want to be a Associate you don't want to you exactly associate yourself with that yeah. behavior, yeah, because or whatever, because I don't want to let the people know it's like, yeah, I condone this, I condone this behavior. Like, no, I don't want yeah. that. No, be- because the moment that you're representing something that's similar to that, even though it's your favorite shirt, even though it, you're against it and you're still repping their thing, that's their thing, that's mm. what they're known for. That everybody, when they see it, is like the first thing they're gonna figure is like, oh, this guy, you know. And yeah. you can't, you can't, can't do that. It's good. It's a bad image for you. You know, it's a bad image for everybody all together. You know, for sure. It's, it's well, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody who takes advantage of females or even males or takes advantage of a person like that's not right. And you should just try to look out for the best in people. Yeah. You know, like if you're at a festival and you're a DJ, make sure. You know, when they stop that music to see the kid, to save the kid who's having a seizure. Yeah. I respect that a million percent. You know, absolutely. I just want to make sure everybody's safe, make sure everybody's okay. You don't want to bring those, you don't want to bring harmful vibes and things that will, like Datsik did or Bass Nectar did, destroy people's whole mental state in life. Yeah. You don't want to do that, man. That That's not okay. That's criminal. That, yeah, bro. They should, they should get locked up, man. They yeah. deserve that, man, because they shouldn't be. You shouldn't and being be, a public figure. You want to teach these kids what's right and what's yeah, wrong. Yeah, you're supposed to like leave mm-hmm. for example. Let the nose like it's okay, you know. But you, yeah, you do this shit, and the mistrust starts, and then you know shit like this will happen again, and then we're doomed to repeat it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it will happen, and somebody will do it. Hopefully, it doesn't, but. Hopefully it doesn't, but you know, if you the world's a fucked up place, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you think the music industry isn't fucked up enough, man, man, you haven't yeah. even seen not even half of what goes in this industry, man. I <laughs> yeah, I've man. seen I've seen so many nasty shit, bro, that you're not gonna even believe some of the stuff from people from seeing I believe it, dude. Seeing from seeing favorite artists. I mean artists that that you look up to or you listen, doing all sorts of Drugs and whatnot. I, I can't even just go even further because I already said the drug. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but it's good, it's fucked good. up because like you, you you see that and you see their public image and you're like, damn, bro, like I fuck with you a lot. And then all of a sudden you see this shit. I'm like, whoa, wait, what? Oh, okay, yeah, ah, uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 heading out, man. I'm heading out. No, it's yeah, it, just uh, stay around positive vibes. Yeah, the negativity gotta go, man. Especially, you know, for men- for your mental state and for other people's everything. Make sure that you're around positive people, people that want to see you go up. You know, if you're friends with a hater or somebody who's like, oh, he shouldn't deserve this. Don't be their friend. You know, somebody who's stealing from you. You don't want to be their friend. No, doesn't matter who they are, bro. Yeah, it could be a millionaire. But if they have negativity towards you. You gotta cut them off, man. Just yeah, keep bro. that positive mental space. Yeah, and mental health is a very important key factor as a producer, For as sure. an up and coming. You know, you need to mm-hmm. be aware of some of this stuff. I asked yep. this a lot. I I asked this a lot to Nitty and to Chris 
into shit no about a lot of people man like i asked this about mental health and and you need to figure out ways to deal with it or how to be aware when you see the signs you know Sure. Because it can actually ultimately affect you in the long run, you know, without even realizing, you know. I mean, yeah. look what happened to Garrett Lockhart, you know, Ayo. Rest in peace for that legend, man. Yeah. That guy for was sure. going through some tough shit, bro. Yeah, I and mean, we know a lot of people didn't even know. And a lot of people didn't know. He makes the most happiest music ever. Yeah. Happy music. And his and people were surrounded. I was surrounded at one point with him, and he was just a jolly good fella, literally yeah. all, all happiness. Well, and, and it's, it's shit like that, bro. Like you gotta be aware. That's why where I t tell people is like, guys, like if you're passionate of something, go for it. If, if something is not making you happy, detach yourself immediately, detach yourself Back. immediately from whatever you're doing. That's not making you happy and go with your passion. Whatever is making you happy, Go for it. If you like yep. fucking surfing, go surfing. If you like going skateboarding, go skateboarding. You like shooting the hoops, go shoot hoops. You like playing soccer, go play soccer. You like watching sports, go watch sports. If you like, I don't know, playing video games, play fucking video games. If you like doing yep. certain other aspects, just do certain aspects. Just go for outside. Sure. And, and you know, if there's a negative effect that comes out of something like, let me say, you let go of something that's not making you happy. The longer it might hurt at first, but time is key. Mm -hmm. And it also goes for the other way. You stay, the longer you stay, the more hurt you're going to be. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a, with, that's with, that's a life lesson for everything. You know, drugs, the more you do it, the more hurt you're going to be after. I agree. I, it's, it's insane how far that goes. Man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how some of these guys get their creative juices going when, where they're hooked up with this type of shit like I, and especially in the industry man there's a lot of drugs a lot of everything yeah. you know and and especially for these rappers and these millionaires you know they get whatever they want right yeah you could be like hooked on something but now you can't afford it that's a good reason that you're gonna just chill you know yeah. but now if you have millions of dollars and you get hooked on something it's very dangerous very very dangerous yeah and i feel like so that's the danger part. The part, the fact that you have now the money. Now you're going to do stuff that you never dream of doing it, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Greed, man. Greed. Money changes everything, man. It does. And that's and also, close homie, uh, we were mentioning before, you know, somebody who is under you now is doing better than you in this industry. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to leave, leave you, right? Only the right type of people will be like, okay, now let's build together, right? A lot of people are going to just be like, peace, I'm doing better than you and just close that door real quick. Yep. It, it's messed up. It's messed up, man. And I, I see that. I, I've seen that. <laughs> Believe it or yep. not. And I've seen it here in, in South Florida too. And you know what yeah, happens? happens some, some of these people, like, they don't go that far. Yeah. In fact, if I tell so you... I, that actually happened to, to me once. Yeah? Now, and then, you know, like, uh, you're nobody when I started mm -hmm. and now you're doing better than me, let's say for some, your route took quicker. you you paved the way quicker than I did. No problem. No shame on you. I'm not going to hate. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for your success. That's just how I am. But in their eyes, now they're like, okay, I'm better than you. What are you going to do when you see me at the same festival, when I'm talking to everybody and you're not included in that, you're just closing doors to huge opportunities that you shouldn't be. Yeah. See, that's what I love about Nadi, man, because he never, yeah. ever, ever closed that door. He's a great me. guy, man.
No. Yeah, he's a great guy for for a lot of his people, you know, like even some diehard fans he'll talk to, you know. He's he's a great person and he's definitely killing the game. Yeah. Right he's killing the game. I told him before, like, yo, you're gonna be the next Squirtles, bro, and you're already there, man. For sure. Like he already. he wants to deny it. It's like, nah, man, I'm not there. I'm like, motherfucker, bro. Like, you're already making <laughs> music with Diplo. The fuck you talking about? Yeah, exactly. You're already a Grammy nominee. Like Elite. the the fuck you talking about? You're not you're not there. You're like, bro, you're there. You're fucking and there. He's very, he's, he's very humble, and I respect yeah. him a million times more yeah. because he's very humble. You know, when you think you're the shit, I I don't I don't like that. A lot of people like that. I don't like that. You know, if you're a humble guy, yo, you're killing the game right now. Thank you so much. I don't feel the same way. You know, but everybody will have that. You know, kind of like not thinking you're doing as good as you're doing it, right? Unless you're like filthy rich and stuff like that, but even then, money doesn't cause happiness. That is true. Sometimes it does. So, some, uh, who some, knows, bro? Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't have money, so I have no clue. But <laughs> I mean, I, I'm broke as hell too, so I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm very simple, and you know, it doesn't take me a lot to make me happy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just a different level. But I'm, yeah. you know, where I'm at in life, I'm happy. But if I have a million dollars, I'll be happy too. It just yeah, again, it goes back. It goes back to that mentality that you have. Yeah, exactly. If you have the drive to do it. You got it. Basically, you know. Now, when it comes to you making music, what you said that you're you're already building some music right now, right? Hundred percent. So, what's your creative process behind it? So, like, um, I smoke weed. I go into Ableton and I. I do whatever, mm. you know, sometimes it's a sad song. Whatever I'm feeling that day is going to be put on the dog. Okay. Now, if I move forward with a project because I think it's good, you know, there's a lot of projects I trash. I'll sit there for three hours and be like, okay, this is trash. I don't even save it mm. and just delete the whole thing, you know, but some songs I'm like, okay, I'll sit there and listen to it and I'll, I'll put it on my phone while I'm sitting in bed. I'll listen to it. You know, it's just constant. If I have an idea, I like to, It's it's really weird. I like prioritize that, and I uh like it's like tunnel vision. Like I said before, I just like try to really kill it. Mm. And you know, sometimes it's it's overdue, but it is what it is. Like if I have an idea in my head, I will never move on to a next project. Mm, interesting. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And that, you know, sometimes there is a uh, you know writer's block that happens to me all the time, and the, that's the time where I would trash music or whatever. But I try to complete a song, and if I think it's ready to go over mastering and stuff. That's that's pretty much how I work. Now, now something that you, you cut my interest about writer's flight. Do you mm -hmm. actually believe it's a real thing or do you think it's a myth? I believe it's a real thing because some days are more creative than not. Say if I work a 12 hour shift and mm -hmm. I go into the bedroom and I try to produce, there is no shot that I'm making a quality song, right? Mm -hmm. You're just not fully motivated. You're not fully, your head's not in the game, right? Right. But if I sit home and it's like my off day, And I'm straight to the door, right? Mm. I'm going to make something that is actually pretty decent. And so writer's block, it really depends on your mental state. Like if you're tired or stuff like that, mm. if you're happy in life, you know, but that's how I look at it. Do you know how to get rid of writer's block or like whenever you ever had it, like, do you know how you can ever overcome it or you? Yeah. So, um, I do listen to, a, I don't listen to a lot of EDM when mm. I have writer's block. I try to listen to rap music and try to like stay away from all that mm. because I'm not trying to pressure myself. I'm trying to forget about it. Right. Right. I need a good night's sleep and get your motivation back. And no, it doesn't matter what it is. Go to the gym, something like that. Just 
you know, get your motivation to go try again. And another thing, if you make a shitty song, you can't be like, okay, I suck, right? It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. You have to make another song, make another song. Right. I need to make a hundred songs before I get on a label. No problem. I'm going to do it. Right. Right. It's just, that's just how I look at it. Some people take it the wrong way. Some people make a shitty song and they're like, okay, I can't make music. That's not the case. You don't know properly how to do what you're doing yeah, until you learn. Yeah. And you can only really teach yourself. YouTube videos can only teach you so much. YouTube videos can only get you so far, you know? Exactly. Teach you so much, get you so far. Like I do private lessons with some of my, some people that, that I have that are fans or whatever. They come mm-hmm. to me, they ask, hey, can you like uh, mentor me? And I say, yes, I teach them the ways. But again, I can only take them so far. At the end of the day, it's how much time you put into it. It's not about somebody else, right? So if I put a million dollars, million hours into making music and somebody's putting five hours into making music a week, you know, who's going to be better? The people who's grinding it, you know, the, who's not playing video games, who's staying to the music. If video, I mean, I play video games. I, I love playing video games and I definitely could be producing more, but I wouldn't be happy, right? I, there was a time in my life where... I sat in my room every night till six o'clock in the morning and produced a song. I was mentally tired. I was depressed. That's that's not what you want. You should have your friends around. You should have the people that make you happy, right? The video games or whatever. You need that break from reality. But I definitely don't recommend making music till six o'clock in the morning for a whole year. It's it's mental straining. <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. And let me tell you, at one point in my life, like last year, by the beginning, before the whole pandemic even hit, like at January, I was just so unhappy making music, bro. I was just very yeah. unhappy because nothing was fulfilling or nothing was working or nothing was just, it was just so stressful. Like I put so okay. much pressure into it mm-hmm. and I, was get, I wasn't getting any far. So it was like, I decided like, I'm going to take a hiatus, you know? Yep. I took my hiatus and, you know, a few months later, I started my podcast. And once and then over a year into my podcast, my creative juices came back again. And I was like, man, yeah. let me just work on some of these projects. I'll take a look at my old projects. It's like, ah, I remember the angle I was going. Hold on. Let mm-hmm. me do some of this it's stuff. Not that bad. Yeah. And then, believe it or not, I started making some of the hardest shit that I've ever built in my entire life. Like I was so proud and happy that I make these songs because I was finally happy about it. I was doing it for myself. I wasn't no longer pressuring myself of doing it. I was no longer pressuring myself to like, I got to do this for the labels. I got to do this for the artists. I got to do this for the people. Like, no, I, I let that go. Now I'm just doing it just for the fuck of it. And I'll send it to these people. And then these people fuck with it, but they don't. That's fine by me. Cause at the end of the day, I was happy. Not for them. It's for you. It's for me. And it's whatever makes you happy. Say if you make, you know, some people aren't happy with their music that they make, but they're still killing the game because, I like I've heard Mastodon. He doesn't like the music he produces or Murata, right? Yeah. He doesn't like the music he produces, but he's producing music for the people. Yeah. Which is great. And that's how he's so big. But at the end of the day, if you could find that balance between making music you like and the making music for the people, you're going to be huge, man. Yeah. You're going to be an elite. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that, man. Now, when you're, you feel like you're in that production, like, and you have a choice whether you should, like, oh man, they invited me to a certain party, but I kind of want to stay oh. and produce, but man, this party and whatnot, or somewhere, what's your option? Like, should you actually go out and have fun with your kids? At, I mean, have fun with your 
peeps and whatnot and just like I produce this later or it's like you know what I could be with it any other time I'm gonna stay here and produce what's your option when I was younger yes I would go out you know my mind wasn't completely focused but now um, unless it's a birthday or somebody very close to me I don't mm. you know I have a very tight circle right, right. my friends that have been my friends for almost 10 years now, every single one of them, it better be their birthday to go, you know, go stop me from what I'm doing yeah. and hustle, stop my hustle to go party with you. If a girl invites me out and be like, Hey, come out, you know, while I'm producing, I'll be like, hell no, I'm going to stick to my grind later on when I made it, then we could party, have fun. But that definitely didn't change up until COVID. You know, I, I feel like my COVID definitely changed the way I look at everything. You know, because I wasn't booking shows and I wasn't, you know, I didn't even think my music career was a thing during COVID because I wasn't doing half of the stuff I was doing beforehand. We got a few more questions and then we can wrap sure. this up, man. Sounds good, man. Now, when it comes to sound designing, in your personal opinion, do you believe it's a luxury or a necessity? It's uh, It is a luxury to learn how to use the serum like the ins and out completely it is also a necessity though because you don't want to bring the same sound that somebody else made at least change it a little bit doesn't matter what you do just do not use the same sound or preset that somebody else has just resample it or whatever you got to do try to make it your own because that's again where how what makes you an artist is changing what somebody else did or putting your idea and your creativity into it now I don't remember if if I asked this, but when when I mentioned about you making genres, what's actually the genre that you incline to then to do the most when you're making music? Like, what is it that defines you that, as an artist? Yeah, that melodic, heavy dubstep. So you're more into that melodic dubstep, like that Seven Lions, yeah. Trivecta style? Yeah, that, that? that's real music to me. That that mm. exc the excision vocals, you know, Zed yes. Dead, that... That is real music to me. It's not just sound. Now you're taking the sound that everybody loves, the ear candy, and you're making it with real time music. You're telling a story with those sounds now. And the balance is amazing. And if you could get that balance down, you're going to be pro. That's perfect, man. And yeah. I love that genre. I love it very mm -hmm. much. I, I was a fan of it before, you know, when that time of Selling Lions and Eleni and Crystal Skies and, you know, all, yep. all these and you, and trifecta. You, and that's what, yeah, and that's why you're going to see a rhythm DJ or somebody who plays just dubstep or somebody who plays melodic dubstep and dubstep. Who's going to be the top? The people who play melodic, who have sing-alongs, who have yeah. number one songs. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Because it's it, because it's show it's showing them diversity. It's showing them yeah, exactly. more of a a variety, something that you will never expect that you will listen to it in your car or in your yeah. home. All of a sudden they're playing it live. Yeah. Like right here. You're like, holy crap, I expect Elenian to do this. He's doing yeah. it. Whoa. Yeah. And and they still throw that rhythm and they still throw the heavy yeah. dubstep in their in their sets and that's why that makes them different than the other just choppers or whatever you want to call I it. I agree. I agree, man. Mm -hmm. uh, that's good, man. And believe it or not, I'm trying to to. I'm not a musician. I'm not. I, yeah. I, I've been DJing for 15 years. You know, I'm a producer. Okay. I'm a DJ first, then a producer. 
So me learning how to do notes and how to do music theory and how to construct mm. a nice, you know, melody like it, it's it's very challenging for me. Doable, I can do it. It's just it takes yep. time. I just it did does. I just did like two melodic dub sets that I've ever done in my life and I'm proud of them. I feel like send my, it through. I'd love to hear. Absolutely. I'll send I'll send you my list, man. Send over your sons over here. Send it over, yeah. And For let sure. me tell you, over the years I love dubstep, but I'm starting to fall in love more with the melodic dubstep. Yeah, wow. like the mainstream dubstep. And you know, that's what's gonna also make you elite. You shouldn't want to join this business just to be mediocre, middle man. You want to be the headliner. Yeah. You know? And that is very hard to do. And I give a thousand props to the people who do it, like sudden death. Subtronics, they're not just making. I mean, sudden death just does make just dubstep, but the, his appearance, his yeah, you know, he wouldn't be to where he's at, in my opinion, if he didn't bring Void, right? Mm-hmm. The helmet, the goat, whatever, the deer skull on his face, he wouldn't be who he is. He would just be another dubstep artist. I now agree. you make you make music like Excision, or you make music like Elenium or ZZ or uh, a lot of these guys who are subtronics that have that multi-genre everything mm-hmm. uh, even if it's just bass music you're still going through all the genres of bass music right yeah just killing it you know and just that's that's how you become the top of the line headliner I agree. is make that multi-genre i agree man and i'm super happy that i'm making this and because it's it, it's it gives me much more joy and more motivation to make more of these you know Yep. And I definitely want to learn how to do color bass. I like I already know the basics. I just want to apply it to it. And I also want to I I started a drum bass project, but it's more melodic. You know that stuff that you listen to like Muzz or Coven. Like she's yep. very, she's a killer, you know, when it comes to that drum yeah, bass yeah. and vocals. Oh my god, that's like one of my favorite drum and bass styles, you know, yep. that melodic and that, drum and, and bass. And that's like a main, I mean, I I don't listen to much drum and bass, but I know it's coming. Yeah. People are, especially, I know it's big in Europe, but right now in the United States, it's coming. Like people are talking about it. You know, the last two times I've seen Boogie T straight drum and bass set. Really? Like Boogie T out of everybody, right? Wow. Like, no. So they're definitely trying to bring it back or bring it here, which is a great thing, man. It's it, There should be room for everything. I agree. You know, like even Little Texas, yeah. he, plays a thousand bpm but it's different and people like it right so you know people are gonna go to that too i mean my goal my ultimate goal is to at least have one song released in monster cat okay that's my goal yeah that's awesome man you get on like rocket league and stuff the video games or yeah bro like uncaged compilation you know all that shit i love monster Cat. you should definitely if you're trying to be serious in this industry you should also definitely look at the other opportunities you have to make music. Now you got your name. Now you could start branching off to making songs in video games or songs on commercials or whatever. I agree. Dude, I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian, right? Woo! Of okay, course. So they use they use the virtual riot samples. Yo, anyway. you heard it? You heard of the second season? You got paid for that. Yeah, of course. Oh, as soon as I heard it, I was like As soon as I heard it, I was like, no way. Yeah, no. I mean, just to, just to be 
that's an honor, right? Just to be in yeah. a show like that or anything, you know, I don't know how much you got paid or even if you got paid cause it's on splice, but just to hear, yo, I made this in one of the, in the biggest Disney series they've made so far. Yeah, right? bro. Crazy. Like, that's, that's just like ridiculous. I heard it's like, wait a oh. minute. How come, why, why <laughs> is this so like, I heard this before. What the fuck? And, and it's like, yeah, Oh my so God. No, nah, bro. Like, absolutely, man. And, no, I've, I've been aspiring myself. Like, I also want to try to do voice acting, you know, because I'm very, very animated, you know. Yeah, and, for sure. And then I'm very and I can tune in my voice into any characters. Like you say, you give me a lizard's character. I'll be like, Elvis, and I will come down to you <laughs> over to the. And then you give me like a like a fucking growl monster. He goes like, come up to you. Not <laughs> and if that dude that sounds crazy and i would use that in a song or some shit right that's so what, now that you instead of singing you could use that to even make your creativity more crazy and that it just goes a long way you know like or somebody making like a daffy duck noise or whatever if you could do that props to you and you should definitely incorporate it with your music because it's just going to be a whole nother level at that point. absolutely i mean that's why i did all the vocal packs from hybrid track you know so dope I was like, I didn't even know that, but that's awesome. Yeah, all all, <laughs> all vocal pads that came from Hybertrad, it came from me, man. Like I Whoa, did all this. Okay. It, that's like three years of work on me setting. I I just tell them, yo, give me whatever words that's hip or trending right now, and I'll do my fin and just and it will tell it will send me like a list of fifty hundred words or something and some stuff that I will come up with as well. And because yep. I'm bilingual, I can just literally go either English or Spanish and I'll go sl so slang words from Puerto Rico and slang words from Miami, slang words from here and there and slang words from wherever Hybertrad's base is at, you know? So it's like, I'm literally saying this shit and I make before some Before you learned how you could, before you learned to do that, was it, did you do, did you learn that before music? Vocal? Yeah. Or you kind of figured it out like after you started making music a little bit. The thing is, I went to school. Like I said, I went to school with with Nitty Gritty and yeah. I, the school was an audio engineering. So basically, okay. it literally taught us everything about everything. Like how to use the SAE. SAE, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a couple homies. Yeah, so just to, I mean, I, I can't go into the mic and make the, that monster noise you just did. Yeah. If I could, that'd be insane. And that's but that's being an artist, right? Yeah. Just making different noises and putting something that's creative or in your mind out, right? Yeah. It's insane. Because of that technical skills and because there are times in which I want to use the pre-drops of a certain song, but there's like literally noise behind it. So what I did is just like I grab a mic and, I, and remake it. I make it on, on my awesome. own and it feels even yeah. better. And oh, I'm sure. And the thing is, like, it's I did perfect. it. I did it with the shitty before this mic. Before this mic, oh, I had right. it on the on the shittiest mics. But the thing is, people <laughs> will never know I did it on the shittiest mics because yeah, I'm I'm very good at mixing. Yeah, when it comes to vocal processing, like I'm very good at it. You know, like I, I can uh, make I'm a really. I can make a fucking singer know that it's like holy shit, wow! I'm very <laughs> I'm awesome. very I'm very good, and because I I applied those skills that i learned from school and i put it on myself and i did it on yep. this that you know i did some gnarly and crazy shit from those vocal pads and then that's and that's how i got myself motivated getting better mites and get her shit i was like okay maybe i want to do this man i'm i'm up for this you know 
I'm up for yeah, it. Yeah. Podcast is like the number one priority. I'm making it right now because this is the thing in which is going to lead me to every other thing that I want. For sure. Like getting, and I agree with you. You're going to meet new people. Yes. You're just going to keep growing. The yeah. more you do this, the more you're going to grow. Yeah. And there's no doubt. There's no decline, right? Mm. The more people, you know, the more people that are going to come on here, say just cause I came on here or just because plasma or even dream takers. Yeah. Right. Came on here. There, you ask me and I see them automatically. Yes. Right. Yeah. For a lot of, because, you know, Plasma's killing the game. Yeah. But Dream Takers, they're, they're homies of mine. They're getting I see them on it. I'm just like, okay, like, like, that's awesome. Let me try to do this too. And it's just going to be just constant rotation of people. Right. Somebody else might do it because they saw me on it or whatever, but it's just a straight incline, you know? It's a, it's a beautiful thing. I agree, man. And I love meeting new people, man. I love hearing their yeah. stories. I love talking about it, man. Like, it's all love over here, man. I just... And I'm just trying to do my best to put out some of you guys out there and out there so people Appreciate can listen you, to you. It's you know, great, because, dude. it's great. You know, I believe there's talent. I I only interview people that have talent. You know, I don't interview yeah, anybody that's sure. outside of that. And if I feel like the talent is there, like man, you should you should have your name out there. You know. Thank you, man. It's, it's definitely been an honor to you know do this podcast with you. The first one yet. Um, definitely always down to do more. Absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is dope. That's dope. Now, speaking of names, why is it that you actually choose Goon? Because I'm very curious. So, okay. So uh, when I was 17, I got into a little bit of trouble and I got sent away mm. for like nine months. And, you know, my friends were always like, Goon Squad, let's like be like, you know, we're the homies, like Goon Squad. That's like our friend group or whatever. Mm. Being sent away like that everybody's repping something. So I would rep Goon Squad. And then actually when I got out of that program, my boys were like, yo, I want to be like Swedish House Mafia. And this is when we were like 17, you know, not, I was DJing house parties at the time, but they were like, oh, we want to be Swedish House Mafia, like type of like three-way duo, but you know, called Goon Squad. Mm. And they didn't run with it, but I ran with it, you know? So <laughs> that's where that comes from. But, you know, instead of Goon Squad, I'm one person shoot for goon <laughs> let's go but yeah i built my whole brand around it for the last five years and it's a beautiful thing that's dope that's dope yeah. what has been your greatest accomplishment up to now you know probably playing on forbidden kingdom main stage you know mm -hmm. just the first year uh but just meeting the people and just the friends and the family that i've met is the greatest accomplishment all the good vibes and the great experience that I have had, uh, the people that I've met, it just combined. That's the, that's the biggest thing for me. It's not playing here or playing on this card or playing on that mm -hmm. card. It's the people and the relationships you've made that, you know, that you don't want to break and that will last a long time. What are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish? I, I mean, I hope to accomplish, uh, you know, getting a couple labels like Never Say Die or mm. uh, Disciple. Those are mm. huge for me. Yeah. Even Subsidia is huge, uh, especially as a dubstep artist. Those are top of the line guys, right? Mm. Top of the line labels that you want to get with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this merch company, I really want it to work out. Uh, I'll keep pushing until it does, you know, just for that income. One final question and we can wrap this sure. up, man. Good, Let's just say that a spaceship came out of nowhere, man, and landed okay. right in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And aliens pop out and they say, yo, yo, good. We need your help, man. Only you can help us, man. We need your help. Come over to our ship so you can help us. You'll be like, all right, dope. 
let's do this. But before you go, they say, hey, you're going to be out there for a while, man. We don't know when you're coming back. Before you leave, here's a paper. Write three pieces of advice that you'll give to someone. What are those three pieces of advice? thing we've been talking about this whole time, never close a door on anybody, mm. right? Be happy no matter what you do. If something is making you depressed or whatever, try to get out of that slump and try to get your mental state better. And also the third thing, keep grinding. Because if you're not grinding, it's not going to be handed to you. That's it. And I, if I knew these things while I was younger, I feel like I would be a lot more progressed than I am today. But nobody knows that when they're younger. You know, no, it's, everybody has to find out for themselves. I agree, man. Those are actually very good advices, man. And I hope that people Thanks. actually really, really take word into consideration to those because those are actually some of the few keys that you need to do when you trying to get involved inside this industry, you know, sure. and then of, of course, in every industry. Yeah. In every industry, it doesn't matter if it's the music it could be the gaming industry, it could be the film industry, it could be the, I don't know, the TV industry, anything, any yeah. industry, man. Just like keep the grind going, man. Be happy about yourself, man. And just like, don't yeah. stop, you know, and play the long run, man. Play the long yeah. game because it's much more rewarding than the short one. And above all, not the short term. Be humble. Sure. Yeah, be humble a thousand percent. And that's a big thing for me as well. You know, people that are humble will be a lot farther than the people who have the big egos yeah. and have the million dollar watches on. They might not be happy or whatever it is. Be humble. Be humble. For sure, brother. Well, man, thank you very much for coming into the show, man. I really appreciate you coming on us. Thank you. It's been an honor, dude. Before we leave, um, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you and what they can expect from you in the future. For sure. Uh, my Instagram is Goon Music. Keep it very simple. Um, you're going to see a lot of merch and a lot of music dropping in the last couple months of this year. So get ready. That's Have a good night, guys. That's what's up, man. Well, thank you very much for coming in. And thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Love Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And of course, the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's Lone, W-O-L-V, Pod.com. Please help me out and follow the YouTube channel. Let's get to 100 subscribers this year, man, before the year ends. If we do, I'll give out one of my songs so you guys can go and dissect it, do a remix competition, do whatever the fuck you guys want, and we can do a one-on-one sessions. I don't mind. Let's go for it. But let's get to 100 subscribers this before the year ends, guys. Comment down We're below. Yeah, it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. It will happen. I it, promise you. It will. It's going down. <laughs> Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me to cover, you want good to cover on the next episode, please let us know on the comments down below. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys at the next one. Peace. Peace.